I want you to know about, oh, I'd say three and a half weeks ago, I had finalized my message for tonight. I felt really good about it. I wrote it, had it all laid out, and about a week and a half ago, I went to the place where I like to go and study, and I took my message with me that I'd worked on, and I laid it down, and I got my notes out, and I'm not kidding you when I tell you, I, I looked at the passage I was going to preach from, and I looked at the notes that I was writing, and it just didn't make, nothing made sense. And I'm like, Lord, this doesn't even make sense, man. I mean, I wrote this message like a week ago, and it, when I was writing it, I was fired up about it. I couldn't wait to preach it. And then I got to my study place, and it, I'm serious when I tell you, I looked at my notes and it was like, what is this? And I said, Lord, I'm assuming you got something else you want me to talk about. And this is what I just felt in my spirit. I felt like the Lord said, I want you to talk about the fact that I am the solid rock that you can stand on and that you could build your life on, and I am not sinking sand. Now, you guys need to know, this rock weighs about seven. This is a real rock. This isn't fake. We brought it in here last night. A whole bunch of us who looked about the size of me couldn't move it up onto the stage. So there's this group of guys. You see them standing around. They're monsters. If you see these guys in shirts that look extra small, that's because they're extra big. They're huge guys. And their ministry is called the Solid Rock, and they brought this rock, and they picked it up and put it on this stage, and it weighs 700 pounds. And this is what I've come to talk to you about tonight. I've come to ask you a question. What are you building your life on? Is it built on the sinking sands of this world or on the solid rock that you can stand on no matter what happens? Sometimes we tip a little bit, but he doesn't change. When I was a little boy growing up, me and my buddy Robert would go down to this creek that was behind my grandpa's house. It was... Uh, hot days in August down there, muggy and hot in South Carolina. And we would go down to this little creek because it was just beautiful, a flowing creek. Y'all know, y'all been to these creeks, you've seen them. There's a little video of a creek rolling on the screen and something like that. You've seen those all your life. And when I was a little boy, I'd go down there with Robert and we would have this little game we'd play, especially hot days this spring. This brook was really clean and it was really crisp and really cool. And we would play this game where we would jump from rock to rock and see who could go the furthest down the creek without falling in the water. When we fell in the water, we didn't mind because it felt great. But we would see who could jump on the stones. And you know what would happen. We'd be little boys running down the creek. And every now and then there'd be a slippery stone. Maybe a little moss got on it or a little something on it that we weren't prepared for. And you know what happened. Our foot would slip. And we'd fall into the water. And of course, in that scenario, it was funny. But I want you to know tonight that our life is basically a skip through the book, brook of life. Tonight is another stone. This event will pass come Saturday. We finish the night in Spanish and we'll wrap this up. All this stuff will be taken down and we'll go. But I believe this event and this wake-up moment that God has called us to in this West Michigan area here is one more time that God says, I'm going to give you the opportunity to know that there is a solid rock on which you can build your life. And tonight, I'm asking you, are you building on this stone that when you step on it, you don't have to worry about slipping? You don't have to worry about falling? Jesus talks about this story in the book of Matthew. 
I want to read to you a passage tonight because I want you to know this is coming right out of God's word. I'm not making this up. Jesus said, Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew and beat against that house, but it did not fall because its foundation was on the solid rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. He built his house on the sand. And the rains came and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. I don't know how long it'll be, but there's going to come a day when people are going to gather, and I want you to kind of imagine it with me. People are going to gather at your funeral kind of reception. That night they go in where they kind of shake hands, the family stands in line past the casket, or if you've been cremated, they're standing right there. They shake hands with everybody, and on your night, on your night, people will talk about you. You've stood there. You've been at one of those moments. You've said things like, he is a good man. Remember that one time he did good with that? She is a great lady. What a great mom. What a great grandma. What an example she passed on. I want you to imagine. No, I, actually, I don't even want you to imagine. Hebrews Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, It is appointed unto man and woman once to die, and after that, the judgment. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know, for every one of us in this room tonight, there is coming what we don't talk about a lot anymore. It's called Judgment Day. We don't hear this word a lot anymore. We've become a society that's kind of gone all the way over, and we talk about God's grace and God's patience and God's kindness and God's love, and we should. It's an amazing grace. We ought to write even more songs about it, but I want to tell you, God is also a God of wrath. God is also a God who demands just living. God is also a God who calls us to be people of repentance. That's not as fun to talk about. Preachers don't like to say there's a heaven and a hell and you've got to choose one path or the other. No, people might be turned off. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come here tonight to tell you it's time for us to be reminded. The Bible says there is a judgment day and on that day we will need to have made a choice. Did we build our house on the rock or did we build it on shifting sand? And I've noticed about us people, I don't know why it is, but boy, it sure seems like we like shifting sand. And I tonight want to make a few suggestions why I think this is true. It's a very simple message. You can be here and be five years old and understand this message. I want to talk to you about why it is we choose shifting sand. The first reason I believe we choose sifting sand is because we as people, you ready? We want to step where we want to step. We don't like anybody telling us, look, there's a God and he demands us to follow him. Not me! I've got my rights! I can do whatever I want to do. I, I, you're right. 
But Jesus said, if you choose to step wherever you want to step and don't follow what God the Father designed and destined for you, you are foolish. And so people in our world choose to live a life of sin. There are some here even tonight, as Lincoln said, you have a Christian face, you have a church face, and you're having an affair. Even today, you've been doing things that you know go against what, against what God's design for you is. Ladies and gentlemen, that is wrong. The Bible says that we are to follow the example of Jesus in all that we do. Jesus walked on this earth, and he was challenged, he was confronted, he was mocked, he was made fun of, and he still honored Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen in this room, I want you to know, you do not have, as a follower of Jesus Christ, the right to step wherever you want to step. Nope, you have the right to stand on the solid rock, and that's it. All the other slippery stones, all the other things of this world, all those things that entice, all those things that suck at us Jesus says put them aside and step on the solid rock and some of you tonight have lived in this town for 25 years some of you tonight have heard sermons for 25 years but you've never actually stepped on the solid rock you've stepped on the path that your daddy and mama walked you've stepped on the path that looked Christiany but Jesus calls us to make a decision to stand on him, the solid rock. And I don't know, I don't know what it is tonight that you would say, I, I, I like this better because I, I just want to say this. L listen to me very carefully. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except me, the solid rock. And that's not a message a lot of people want to hear. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go to my grave preaching it because it's what Jesus said. And here's why it's important to me. Jesus, listen to this. Jesus was willing to suffer the most pain of any human that I personally read about. We've had some great tragedies in our world. We've watched ISIS do some incredibly stinking things. But when you read and study that Jesus was literally suffering so much that his very blood, blood was coming out of his skin as he sweat because it was called hematidrosis. He was sweating from the pressure of the pain of carrying the sins of this world on his back. If Jesus is willing to do that for me, if he's willing to die, he's willing to rise again on the third day, he's willing to come back and say I'll come back and receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also if Jesus is willing to do that for me then I'm willing to give him my ear and listen to what he says and he says I am the way I am the truth I am the life follow me and tonight you might be stepping on some other stones or you might be saying I don't want to follow Jesus. I want to do my own thing. And I'm just telling you, it's not my words. Jesus says, you're foolish if you don't take advantage of what I died for you. I built this rock for you. I want you to step up on it, and I want you to trust me. And look, if, if I hadn't gone to all this trouble for you, I might not mention it, but I died for you. So you might want to listen up. A second little suggestion, I've referred to it already, is this. We sometimes put our foot on the rocks and not on the rock. There's lots of rocks in this world. Can I just tell you, a lot of people, instead of choosing this stone, have chosen the stone of success and fame. 
Boy, you, hey, in our world, if you stand up on the stone of success and fame, you can make a million bucks. The world throws all kinds of stones for us to step on. And they all look good. Some of you have built on those stones. There's some teenagers in here right now who are trying to decide, what am I going to do with my life? And you're, you're waiting. Maybe God's calling you to go serve him. And serve him in missions or serve him in your community. But you're toying with, but I want to make a lot of money because that will make me successful. I want to do a lot of things like this because it will focus. I don't know if you can hear it. Me, me, me. Jesus says, it ain't about you, man. It's about me. Jesus says, your life, if it's going to make a difference, needs to be standing on this rock, the solid rock. In our world right now, I watch. I shared about this on Mother's Day over at Ridgepoint. I'm watching right now in our world, and this is not to belittle anyone, but I want to show you something. In our world right now, it is amazing to me. I watch this family. There's a, there's a lady. I talked about her again on Mother's Day. I'm going, to show, I'm going to show you what I was talking about. There's this lady who has made a living off of her beauty. She's walking down the stream of life and she's stepping on the stones and she has, she's beautiful. The world says she's beautiful. And because of her beauty and her fame, she is making so much money. In fact, she's made so much. She's made her family wealthy. She's made all of her sisters wealthy. She's made all her mom and dad wealthy. She has made, everybody, you just touch her, you're going to have money. I'm going to bring the picture up on the screen. It's Kim Kardashian. She's made a lot of money. Hey, guys, she's made a lot of money stepping on fame, success, beauty. But we live in a world where there are apps you can download on your phone. So my assistant downloaded a little app and showed me what Kim would look like in about 30 years. And here's the picture coming up. The stone of beauty fades away. Kim Kardashian, just like Dan Seaborn, will have to kneel and say, Jesus Christ, you are the way, because those other stones won't get me anywhere. And it's so easy to look at somebody like that and go, well, of course, doesn't she see that? No, I would say to you, no, just like we don't. Nobody, if I went up to somebody in this room and said, hey, did you know you're building your life on something other than Jesus? You might would go, no, I'm not. Well, just look at your actions. Look at your daily walk. You aren't following him. You aren't seeking the lost. You aren't helping the poor. You aren't reaching the needy. You aren't being the feet and the hands of Jesus. And if you aren't doing that, then you're on a slippery stone. It's a pretty simple message. Jesus says, don't walk on those stones. They're not solid they're not what you want to build your life on. Another thing I think we do. Suggestion to you is this. I, I think sometimes we're standing in quicksand and don't even know it. Life has a way of getting you off the rock. Some of you at one point in your life, I'm following Jesus like crazy. And then without even knowing it, you just kind of, well, foot just slipped off. Do you love Jesus? Well, sure I do. Well, what's that one foot doing? Oh, just kind of slipping. We kind of start messing with part of the world. We all do it. I do it. Lincoln just told you he does it. We all do. Dan Seaborn has to remind myself, let me think how often, daily, get back up on the rock. Because I'm just like everybody else. I sometimes step into the quicksand of this world. But I don't even think we realize it. 
I don't think we even know sometimes we're sinking. We're going down. There's a guy that's become really famous in our world. A lot of you have followed him a long time because you love Michigan and you love Tom Brady. Tom Brady was given an interview a few years ago after he'd won a Super Bowl. He was interviewed by 60 Minutes. You guys are going to watch something here, and probably most of you have never seen this, and you're going to be spellbound by what Tom Brady says. Here's a guy who, man, oh, man, he is successful. He's got it all. Beautiful wife, anything he wants to buy. The world has been good to him. And Tom Brady, in a brief little clip, shared something that I want you to see. Guys, roll the video. Tom Brady, the quarterback of the New England Patriots, is not only one of the NFL's best players, he's one of the NFL's great stories. At the tender age of 30, he has already won three Super Bowls, an accomplishment that ranks him with some of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game. And he's having one of the greatest seasons in pro football history. When we first reported on him back in 2005, he seemed underrated and almost overlooked. He doesn't have the arm of Peyton Manning, and he doesn't have tattoos, and he doesn't take steroids, and he's never held out for more money. All he knows how to do is win. That's what you always wanted. <laughs> You're right. You're right. It has. And I didn't think it came with all the other baggage, though. In addition to his success on the field and his sex appeal off it, there is also the $60 million 10-year contract to play with the Patriots. I mean, I'm making more money now than I ever thought I could ever make playing football. But with all that money, fame, and career accomplishments, we were surprised to hear this from him. Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and, and still think there's something greater out there for me? I mean, maybe a lot of people would say, hey, man, this is what it is. I reached my goal, my dream, my life is me. I thank God. It's got to be more than this. What's the answer? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. You, you got, I, don't, I don't know if you heard when he answered the first question. He said, God, there's got to be more to life than this. And I thought to myself, Tom, you said it. It's God. Because this world, if you build on it, and you become the Super Bowl champion. I mean, come on, guys. We all know that Sunday the Super Bowl hits. Shoot, we got to close our churches now a little early to get to it because we got this Super Bowl coming, and everybody's got to run and get their Doritos and got to get your stuff, get ready for the commercials, and we'll have everybody over and we'll do a little prayer because we'll call it a Bible study, and then we'll get together and we'll have this thing called a Super Bowl party. And Jesus says, "That's awesome to have your Super Bowl party, but don't you dare think that's the solid rock." And Tom Brady, the Super Bowl champion, whether he deflated or not, he needs to know <laughs> that Jesus Christ is the answer. And when Tom Brady says, I wish I knew I came here tonight to tell you, I've come to say the name that is above all names. That no matter what you're walking on tonight, no matter what you're feeling tonight, no matter what situation you're in tonight, whether you're successful or you don't have a penny... There is a name above all names that is your hope, and your hope has to be built on nothing, nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. When Lord laid this message on my heart, I finished writing it, and I was like, Lord, that's, that's so simple. 
So you just want me to stand up in front of this whole house and tell them to either choose to step on sand or step on the solid rock of Jesus? Yes, Dan. You just want me to say that you are the solid rock? Yes, Dan. And then give people the opportunity to either for the first time accept me as Savior or for the 30th time accept me as Savior or renew their commitment to me. I'll tell you something about Dan Seaborn. I'm going to tell you the truth. I have preached sermons, and when I finish preaching the sermon, I've gone to the altar myself because the Lord's Spirit spoke to me. One of the things that man can't do, listen to me, we can put up a nice arena, we can fill it up, we can do have some beautiful things. Only God can change a heart. Only God. And tonight you have to answer the question, what do I believe? Do I believe in the shifting sands of this world or do I believe in the solid rock of Jesus? And many of you know the verse. It's coming up on the screen. It's John 3.16. We're actually going to read it together. Would you read it with me starting now? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That, ladies and gentlemen, is for everyone in this room. And I know it's streaming live tonight on WJQ. A lot of people are listening live. Every person who heard it needs to know that is for you. In 1980, it was about 7.25 in the morning in Tampa Bay, Florida. An incredible moment happened. Some of you might even remember it. There was a barge that was going underneath the Tampa Bay Bridge, beautiful bridge. Some of you have gone over yourself. There's a northbound lane and there's a southbound lane. And on this morning, on this fateful morning, there was a barge that hit the pylon that held the southbound lane up in the air. It was accidental. The, the barge driver didn't mean to do it. He just took his eyes off for a moment and he looked at pylon and that bridge collapsed. Picture of it coming up on the screen. You can see what happened. And when it collapsed, there were cars, just like the edge of this stage, there were cars coming across. It was raining that early morning. Cars were just shooting over that edge and going down. And other cars behind them couldn't see it because it's going up a bridge. So you're just thinking they're going out of sight. But instead of out of sight, they were plunging to their death. There was even a bus. had 28 passengers on it. They dug that bus out of the water. That bus plunged over and all 28 people died. Cars were going over one right after the other. There was a motorcycle on the northbound lane, a motorcycle guy riding in the rain, and he saw what had happened. He saw that the southbound lane had collapsed. He's riding his motorcycle. He sees it, and he, he went into a frenzy. He didn't know what to do. He pulled his motorcycle over, and the story goes that he got off his motorcycle, and he had no, again, notice the lane. There are two different bridges almost. You, it wasn't like side by side. He couldn't get attention. He was waving like this. And all of a sudden, he, took his, he had a red shirt on. He took his red shirt off, and he just started doing this as hard as he could, just waving it as hard as he could like this until finally one motorist in a yellow sedan saw him and just started slowing down looking over there. And that motorist, as you'll see in the picture, just the front wheels fell over the bridge. And the first car got stopped. I've come here tonight to tell you, I can't save you. But I'm standing on the northbound lane. And when Lord laid this on my heart a year ago to do this event, I said, Lord, why do you want me to do this? I, I'm not an evangelist. Tomorrow night, Rick Rigsby, when he preaches, you're going to be like, now that is an evangelist. 
That little poor white boy, he tried, but that is an evangelist. You need to get your friends here tomorrow night. He is going to shake them up. All I can do is tell you I'm standing on the northbound lane, and I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Listen to me. I can't save you, but there's a cliff ahead. And if you go over that cliff without knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to plummet to a death, and it's an eternal damnation. The Bible says it's hell. And I have to just tell you, that's what the Bible says. But for all who confess the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, you have hope of eternal life. I'm so proud to say that I studied the words of Jonathan Edwards. He did a sermon in 1730, 1740s called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Billy Graham captured that and for years has been preaching the gospel across this land. Many of you saw those black and white pictures and some of you were kids. You remember, probably even went to a Billy Graham crusade. I am nothing compared to those men. I'm, I'm just a little peon and I say, Jesus, why do you want me to preach this message? Dan, because somebody has got to stand up and wave the red shirt and tell people there is a heaven and there is a hell. And ladies and gentlemen, you need to make a decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'm asking Ken to come out or Lincoln I don't even know who's coming out somebody's going to come out and they're going to lead a song you can see there's Bibles down here we're going to be bold here tonight guys I just feel the Lord when he laid this on my heart was call people to Jesus you say Dan you don't understand I'm like in my neighborhood I'm like the most important person if I walk down there I'll look like a freak I get that feeling I know how you feel well, Dan, the, my family, they all think I'm really walking close to Jesus. Yeah, my family does too, and I struggle. My family's sitting right up there. They, they see me every day. They see me on my bad days. Y'all ain't perfect. I ain't either. But I've come here tonight to wave the red flag. This is my job. This is what the Lord laid on my heart. So I stand here and I wave it just like that motorcycle guy did, and I say, please, please, please pay attention. Because if you don't pay attention, there is a hell, and I don't want you to go there. I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus. And maybe for some of you, it's, you've been walking with him for a while, but doggone it, you stepped on a slippery stone, and you need to come and ask Jesus to forgive you. Here's what we're going to do. In just a moment, I've all stand, and you're going to close your eyes, and Ken's going to begin to lead. I think just as I am. I said, let's just sing just as I am. And we're going to sing this song. And if the Lord has spoken to your heart, here's all I'm asking. You said, how many people are you looking to come forward? But it doesn't matter. As many as Jesus has spoken to. If the Lord spoke to you, I don't care if you're the mayor of the town, you're the owner of the town, you don't even have a house in the town, you, just, you are a beggar and you walked in tonight. I don't know who you are. I'm saying to you, will you make sure, hey, hey, will you make sure you're ready for judgment day? Because according to God's word, it's coming. So tonight, would you stand with me? Bow your heads, if you will. Father God, I come before you right now. We all confess that we are sinners. We've fallen short of your plan for us. Jesus, tonight, we confess that you are Lord over our life. We know that your word says we have to believe in you. Maybe tonight, Father, there are those who for the first time or for the manyth time 
is saying, I want to make Jesus my Lord. I'm inviting this stage as the altar. I'm inviting you to come stand around. If the Lord has spoken to you at all, would you come? There are people here going to pray with you. If the Lord has spoken to you, will you just walk down here? Will you come around this stage? I, I don't know your scenario. I don't know your situation. But Jesus wants to work in your heart. If you're open to come into this altar, would you just come? Well, wait a minute. Those of you who are walking down, please come. And as you come, just touch in with somebody who has a little, little banner on, says they'll pray with you, they'll talk with you. We're going to sing just as I am. Would you obey the Spirit of the Lord? If His Spirit is speaking to you at all, we started with Holy Spirit, fill this place. If His Spirit is speaking to you at all, would you just be obedient and come? Ken, lead us in a word of worship. Just as I am without one plea. Let's sing. solid rock as we sing this one more verse I invite you to come Ken lead us in one more verse Somebody help the lady coming behind there, please. 
Those at the altar here, be looking around, see them, see them walking up, help them pray with them. Those of you here who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, would you just pray for everybody? Just be praying right now for the people at this altar, that they would they confess their sins as they cleanse their hearts. Got a couple more people coming. You guys be watching. There's people coming wanting to be prayed for. But holy lead on Jesus' name. Come on, everyone, sing. us up as a community Jesus and right now some are responding they're saying I want to wake up I want to put my feet on the rock and my name on the roll and I thank you Jesus right now that they're responding to your voice you've spoken to their heart I ask father as they're praying this prayer of coming to know you as Lord and Savior Lord start a revival right here start a revival right here break out among us Jesus let your spirit flow work among those who have come forward Jesus Allow us all to continue to know you, to continue to grow in you, Father. Work in our hearts tonight, we pray.